Blog Talk Radio. Girl Cy Brown, and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show. I'm hoping that everybody is having a great day today. I want to welcome you. Today we have an amazing guest. All of my guests are amazing. Everybody that comes on the Cy Brown Morning Show is special. Is a special guest and has a special message just for you. Today I'm speaking with Mr. Ernest Johnson, and we're going to be talking about his fatherhood initiative in Harlem. This is a very serious issue, a lot of um, stuff to talk about, and I met members of his team at the Fatherhood, the International Fatherhood Film Festival uh, when I was a special guest there about a week ago. So I extended an invitation, and they graciously accepted um, my invitation to come on to the show. We're going to talk about fatherhood, young men, black men, being in Harlem, um, the realities of young fathers and fathers who are coming out of correctional facilities and their ability to gain um, employment and be a good father to their children. So, you know, we, we're, we're talking some deep stuff today, but it's important for our own growth and for those in my audience who may not understand the dynamics, it's my prayer that listening to this show helps you better understand the fight of men, their stories, their testimonies, and how they feel. Um, and fathers have ranks as well. So we're going to be talking about all of that today. So welcome to the show. Uh, really quickly, just, you know, if, you, if you're if you online, you can follow me on Twitter, Cy Brown. I'm at Cy Brown. You can also follow us on Facebook. Just log on to Facebook, and we're the Cy Brown Show. And definitely you can log on to www.cybrownshow.com, and you'll see all of our podcasts. If you're on iTunes, we have, we've been on the air since 2008, so we have uh, well over 400 shows uh, on iTunes. So just check us out, like us, share it, uh, because we, we, we have some pretty important stories to bring to our community. Amen? So without further uh, delay, I would like to introduce to my wonderful audience, Mr. Ernest Johnson, and also, just know that the chat room is open, so if you have any questions, if you'd like to ask him a question, you can hit me up in the chat room, or you can even call into the show. The call-in number is 347-633-9113. Again, the call-in number, if you have any questions or comments, is 347-633-9113. Mr. Johnson, welcome to the Side Round Morning Show. Thank you for having me, Ty. I appreciate you uh, having me as a guest. Thank you. Well, I feel I'm blessed to have this opportunity um, to present real and relevant stories to my audience and my listeners. And I made a promise to them when I started this show that I'm going to bring solutions and guests and information to help them 
live as best they can and to better understand the world around us. And this whole issue of fatherhood is, is too important to ignore. So a big shout-out to your team um, who was able to make it happen, Mr. Eric Knight, as well as Sherilyn on my team who, who kind of quarterbacks this. So thank you to them as well. Yes, Eric is actually joining me, so he may shy, uh, uh, he may uh, uh, chime in from time to time. He's uh, joining me uh, this morning, so thanks for mentioning. Oh, that's what's up. Hey, Eric. <laughs> hey, Shag, how are you? What's good, buddy? Great. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Listen, the more the merrier. So I want, to, I want to get right into our talk today without getting into, uh, you know, too deep. Let's ease our listeners into this. Sure. What made you get involved with fathers, period? Uh, why is that story, why is why is the plight of, of fatherhood so important to you? Well, the plight of fatherhood is very important. I, I got involved uh, in the early or mid-80s. I had a relative that unfortunately was incarcerated, and I used to go up uh, to see him. And then one time uh, he asked me to talk to the fathers that were there. Uh, and I made that an annual ritual going up and speaking to the fathers. Then uh, the organization I currently work for, Strive, uh, international, international organization, as well as local, they've been doing fatherhood for about 10 years. Uh, I spent some time prior to coming to Strive five, six years ago on the West Coast and worked with some uh, people out there uh, with respect to uh, fatherhood, and particularly... Uh, Jim Brown, a football player, oh, wow. uh, has an organization called Amera I Can, and they do some fatherhood in the uh, some of the uh, church communities in San Diego doing it as well. So as you alluded to, you know, fatherhood is a growing movement, and numerous studies show that uh, children do better in households with two parents. Uh, most people prefer that, not to suggest that they don't do uh, uh, good sometimes in single households, but uh, all research suggest that they, uh, children do better academically, emotionally, and socially when there are two parents in the household. I would, I would, I would allude to that. I will say um, my parents uh, separated when I was an infant. I mean, infant, infant, probably a year old. But I was blessed because my father started dating my stepmother when I was a year and a half. And my mother started dating my stepfather when I was probably about two or three. And so I was blessed and privileged beyond measure to have four parents. And so I I can't imagine, you know, I got teased a little bit because, you know, oh, you sometimes I would live with my dad, sometimes I would live with my mom, and, oh, you don't live with your mom, or, oh, you don't live with your dad, you know. But I, I just can't imagine what it would be like to not grow up without a dad. And I say that in the most honest, non-condescending way um, because most of my friends had two parents. Can you talk to us a little bit a, a little bit more about some of the fallout that may happen if you, if you are in a single-parent home? Well, some of the fallout that happens with single-parent homes is a big issue is custody, visitation, and child support. Those are the three um, uh, largest that loom. If the mother, uh, at the time that she's not with the biological father, is on public assistance, then they're going to bring public assistance on behalf of the mother 
is going to bring a child support enforcement petition to the, to the non-custodial father, the father that doesn't have custodial of the children. Um, and then there's just also visitation. Even though, you know, the parents are together, they still, you want to try to encourage them to come together around behaviors that are accepted and rewarded, uh, that are accepted, uh, 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 you know, for, for the child. The, the, the parents still have to come together, be consistent about what they reward in terms of behavior and what they punish. And then just the emotional well-being of the child uh, is uh, better if the father engages in their life, even if they're non-custodial. You know, you want some, you want to try to encourage some fatherhood participation in the child's life. Well, I would say um, I had my first son when I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. and his father and I separated shortly thereafter. You know, that's uh-huh. that happens. You think sure. you're Love and, sure. you know, oh, daddy, but I love him. And he and I were <laughs> separated by the time uh, our son was five months old. And we, I remember even at that age, we managed, even though our relationship was tense at times, we managed to remain civil over the years. And so there, I can recall a few instances where we had arguments in front of our son, but for the most part... Uh, we remain civil. My son is now 24 years old. He just turned 24 last week. And he and I, his father and I still, you know, hey, how you doing? And my son lives with his father now. He's in school in Virginia. And, you know, it, it, it it's so important. I hear that they say, what's the best thing a father can give, you know, to their child? And someone once told me, it may have been someone from your organization, I can't even remember, it may have been Eric. And it was time. It was not time. Most people say time, but it's a good relationship with the mother. You that's well, that, and that, that, no, you hit it right on the head. And that's why sometimes non-custodial fathers do not engage because they think that it takes money, but it's the time and the events that the child's going to remember, what you did, how you spent the time with them. You know, people talk about taking them to the first baseball game, fishing. You know, there's a lot of firsts, but, but children remember the time they spend, and not so much the the type of gifts, or so it doesn't really take a lot to engage in terms of the, of the child. But if you, you made a good point that you and the father were still in contact, and that's very important because the child is still there. And when it comes to visitations, you want to have some consistency about again behaviorally what's accepted. You have to talk so that the child doesn't push boundaries. You know, children are constantly trying to define and overstep uh, uh, boundaries. And so it's important to, uh, you know, have those boundaries defined even if the parents are not together. Right. It, it, and I'm sure it's tough. So what does it look like? I, I, what does it look like for the fathers in Harlem? Because that's where you are with the STRIVE program. Yes. Well, it looks like it looks like, like, like you said the onset where you have all different kinds of uh, of, the, of the situations, we have some fathers who are, uh, you know, well-educated work, some that have to pay child support enforcement, some that were incarcerated. The fathers come because they feel they can benefit from the components that we offer. And our fatherhood offering here, there are three basic components, economic stability, which is placement and training. Uh, we have healthy relationships where, where if 
uh, the, the non-custodial father and the mother want to come, they can come and talk about the nature of their relationships. And uh, we have another class called Parenting Education. So those three work in tandem to kind of shape a, shape a program and give it the uh, program structure. So they, in order to successfully complete the program, fathers that participate have to complete two of the three. So many of them, uh, 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 many of them elect to take the economic stability portion of it because that's the problem. They're not dead beat dads. They're dead broke dads, and there's a difference. Wow. Wait. Dead beat and dead broke. Say that one more time. Wait, wait, wait. They're not dead beat dads. They're dead broke dads. Correct. Wow. Meaning, meaning that dead beat dads uh, uh, are dads that no matter what, even if they have the financial way with all, they're not going to. They're not going to participate in the child's life or give money. It's sad, but for whatever reason, so we don't work with fathers like that. We assess that, and if they say, you know what, I'm not giving her anything, despite how much money I accumulate, then we, we don't work with those fathers because they have to express to us prior to enrolling some desire to to be positive in their child's life. That's why we call it responsible fatherhood. Mm. Right, right. So because the, the responsibility part, the fatherhood part is kind of easy, right? We know how that happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's not the hard part. The hard part is the responsible part, and the responsible part, the the the, the responsible part uh, comes about uh, when you they involve themselves in the child's life. So we want to make that distinction because there's a misnomer, because a dad is having struggling paying child support enforcement that necessarily he is deadbeat. No, sometimes he's just dead broke. Wow. And he, needs, he needs a way with all to generate money to be able to meet their obligations as it relates to the child and the custodial mother. So money, I mean, obviously money is a factor. Um, yes. what, what happens, do you deal with dads who are currently incarcerated or how do you deal with the ones that are recently released? Yes. Like yes. what happens? So the ones that are recently released, they come. The person when they come, they, they register with us, and they have some options. They can go, they can take fatherhood in the daytime if they're not doing anything in training, or we have a series of occupational training programs. Uh, those occupational training programs are in areas that offer certificates that are broadly recognized, and about 40% of our population in general is, is ex-offenders. And so oh, okay. they're familiar to that population. So what we try to do is ascertain where their skills are. Uh, they uh, get training if they want. And then after the training, they take uh, in the afternoon, late afternoon, early evening fatherhood. Some fathers elect to take the fatherhood program during the day. So we have two offerings, a uh, daytime offering and a late afternoon, early evening uh, offering. But usually it's around trying to get some training and work. The majority overwhelming them say that they would like to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes that's easier with those that are incarcerated, and sometimes that's hard, depending on the nature and the number of uh, 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 offenses they have, what their experiences is, what their educational level. So it varies. I mean, it's a struggle in some cases. In some cases, not, not so much of a struggle. What is the sentiment, and I say this, is the sentiment that these guys really want to be fathers and that they just got themselves either jammed up too early, having kids young, or is the sentiment on the street that 
yo, I got this seed, my girl giving have my baby, blase, blase. Like, what is the sentiment of, of, of these fathers right now? Okay, I'll let Eric chime in on that one for a minute. Uh, hello again, Ty. Uh, hey, buddy. Yeah, uh, well, the sentiment is that, yeah, they're proud. They're proud to be fathers. They, uh, um, they, they're, they're willing to learn more about fathering and parenting and uh, that self-awareness. Um, uh, part of the curriculum here is, 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 is acknowledgement of, of what it means to be a dad and my role in the family's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what part? Whether I'm, whether I'm custodial or non-custodial. And uh, it, it, uh, as you as you allude to, even though uh, your your your, first, your father and your mother broke up, you the father was still in your life and so what? And and lo and behold, you you know you you feel pretty well in life, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the sentiment is that you know they're proud to be fathers, at least the ones who come to us uh, are really really uh, searching to get uh, an, an employment. That's our ultimate goal. Um, the concept of uh, give a man a fish and he'll feed him for a day or teach him how to fish and feed him for a lifetime, you see? Mm-hmm. So that's our concept. That's what we roll with. Uh, we're trying to uh, uh, make these make these fathers see that uh, how important it is for, the, for them to be in the child's life uh, emotionally, uh, physically, and, and whatever way possible. I love to hear that. I, I I love to hear that. My son, I have two sons. One is 19, and the other, as I've mentioned, is 24. And my 19-year-old, uh, he just shared with me that his friend is about to become a father. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if you're out working and you make $200, you can spend your 200 on sneakers if you feel like it. Not yeah. saying that that's necessarily the right thing, but, you know, in theory, he could. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas his friend now has to buy diapers and this and that. And, this. and you know, my son was so amped, yeah, I'm going to be a godfather, this and that, and I'm mm-hmm. going to buy the baby Gucci this. And I said, you know what, if you're really going to be a godfather and you really take your role seriously, take that money and buy that baby a savings bond. So that way when the kid is 20, they have a little piece of change or, or you know, the money. But it, it, it was about, and my son was like, wow, I didn't even think of that. Like, mm-hmm. we need to somehow just redirect, I'm assuming, what well, their priorities are, too. You know, my priority, when I had my son, I just wanted the cutest strollers well, to be my friends. Yeah, well, and that, and that, you know, if I might add, that, that that's the difficulty. It's not like Dr. Spock's manual for children. You know, fatherhood and motherhood, as you know, it's a learn. It's an acquired case. It's a learn case. You, you have some gener- generalities that your parents and others that can give you, but it, it's really, a lot of it's trial and error. There's no handbook on motherhood or fatherhood. There's a lot of suggested kinds of uh, uh, things, but uh, no no real uh, roadmap on, on how to do that, and that's why, you know, um, advice from others is, is real important. Mm, I, I and and sound advice. <laughs> and, and, well, and sound advice. Well, because you, you want to be careful because when you have children, whether it's a young man, or a girl, or a boy, they look at their mother and father to get cues as to what they should expect, how they should expect to be treated. So if you have a young girl and you're coming in the house and she sees her mother and father, that young girl is looking at both of you to see what 
behavior she should expect from a from a boy or young man, you see, and vice versa right. for a young man, he's looking at the interaction between his mother and father to see what he should expect and how he should treat the woman in his life. So those are learning cues. That's why they often say that the parents are the first teachers because the kids, or the children, get the cues from their parents oftentimes by observing behavior because children know more than they can express because they can't express their feelings verbally like you and I. It doesn't mean that they don't have them. They're just more verb, uh, observant and less verbal uh, uh, until and certainly they they grow up, but they get the accused behaviorally about how they should treat the opposite uh, sex or their your mates from the way their mother and father interact. Oh, I love this. This is this. Oh, this is this is really really good stuff. So 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 how do we move on? Do you see a a, a rise, a decrease in responsible father? You know, being responsible. I father? do. I do. The responsible fatherhood is growing. Now, this is a field that, that's just now being studied by in some sociology, psychology fields. And so there's a lot of data coming in over the last 10 years on fatherhood. It's been around, but it's now it's been around and, and it's being studied. You have a lot of national fatherhood initiatives. You have some local, a lot of local energy. Uh, New York, I have to say, and I might be biased, is unlike any other place. I think the fatherhood movement in New York is, is pretty good. Uh, pretty fairly strong. I think in Baltimore, Maryland would be another place uh, to name, some places upstate New York. Uh, but it is going. As I mentioned earlier, I did some fatherhood work in San Diego. So the father, responsible fatherhood movement is is uh, is growing and sustaining itself. Now what's happening is that researchers are looking at it to see just the impact that, that it's having. But we know already, again, that, again, a child's well-being Social well-being is better, academic performance, and all other factors in general, not always, but in general, is better when there are two parents in the household. Not, to, not again to say for you single parents out there that life is going to be doom and gloom. I'm not saying that at all. Just mm-hmm. studies suggest that it's better. And a lot, of, a lot of households that don't have fathers in them, the mother of the child has father images, big brothers, 100 black men, mm-hmm. uh, tutors, mentors, coaches, uh, little league coaches. Coaches can play a, a big boy, too. So it's important if the father is not there to try to interject uh, some male imagery, you know, something like you say, some sound male imagery um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in that. And that could be done through the community. Big brothers, big sisters comes to mind, 100 black men, mentoring programs. And you have a lot of rites of passage programs as well. So I love this. So if a, if a woman, you know, because sometimes, and I would like to say this also, some women become single parents through no fault of their own, either right. through death. Right. You know, so this right. is definitely not designed to stigmatize in any way uh, just the concept of being a single mom. But I just no, love I would not do that. They're mothers. Listen, we all live through a woman. A man lives through a woman. If there are no women, there are no men, right? This is true. <laughs> no, this, yeah. is, this is very, very true. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy because I, I remember, um, again, I was lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it, that both of my son's fathers, I have two boys, were in the delivery room. And now that was, you know, at that point that was a big, big deal. But now you're seeing, like, men come into the baby showers. And, like, I remember my both my children's fathers, my grandmothers, they can't come to the baby shower. They're men. 
And now I get invitations where these baby showers are co-ed, and it's just so refreshing to see how men are being brought into the forefold during the pregnancy. You know, now there's these 3D, uh, you know, ultrasounds, and, you know, on a Saturday you see men walking with their kids. It's just so it runs the age. And I would like to say this, and you can agree or, or share your sentiments, that being a responsible father starts when she gets pregnant, and it extends past the age of 18, yes? Yes. Yeah, Shai, yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's me, Eric, again. Um, okay. Yeah, we, we, we totally agree, uh, which is why we also in, 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 enroll uh, women as well as couples in, in our fatherhood uh, program because uh, it, it, the concept is that, that uh, uh, the, the woman's perspective uh, uh, just adds uh, uh, so much more uh, understanding and knowledge for the man's perspective, uh, so um, and, and and him learning about his self awareness or, or self caring and fathering skills in, in general. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, what we try to do is uh, 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 heal the family unit as a, a, a in general. So uh, you know, the father could not be could, can, doesn't have to be in the household to be a good father. You see. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and lending to that, to, to that, that same issue, yeah, uh, uh, father's going to uh, the, uh, the Lamar's classes and, 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 yeah, seeing that first uh, uh, sonogram and, 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 and taking pride in the fact. I think it begins way before the fatherhood, uh, how do you say, uh, persona, way before uh, pregnancy, you know, right. just in the relationship itself, which is why we offer relationship classes uh, workshops as well as parenting workshops, all and they all leading to economic stability. All right, then being able to provide for that family. You know, you said, um, Eric, that the that it begins even before the pregnancy, and I have said to both of my sons, don't be out, you know, loosey goosey having sex with everybody. Okay. You know, just because she's cute because. She could end up being your baby's mother. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, well, and that's well, that's the thing that they have to uh, to think about. What are what are the long term impacts? You know, we emphasize the the that that part of it, but oftentimes when we talk to Paul, that's what we say. You don't like her now, but there was one night you, you did like her. <laughs> uh, so, but that is important because oftentimes it's the immediate impact the immediate pleasure and the long-term consequences are very rarely spoken to. You know, what happens if I get pregnant? What, what do we do? If you, if that, what would, would you be inclined to bring the child to full term? How would, you know, those, those don't get answered. I mean, uh, you know, and that's what I think people have to understand, that an attraction is going to bring you together with someone, but an attraction is not enough to hold a relationship together. It's just merely an attraction. It just brings you together. It does not keep you together. I, I I totally concur, and uh, I am a witness to that because that's how my first son got here. <laughs> Luckily, uh, he's old enough to, uh, you know, I can say this. I would not say this if he was, you know, five or six, but he's 24, and, and I said to him, you know, your dad and I did not take the time to get to know each other and this and that, um, but we have remained friends, and I I honestly believe that's why neither one of my sons have children at this point, I would like to think it's because we've talked about these issues over the years, not once they became sexually active. These are things that we've, we've, we've had conversations well, with, you know, through the years. 
It's funny that you mentioned that, child, because I waited till I, my dad, my first child, till I was like 29, 30, because prior to that, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to leave Eric with you. Unfortunately, Shia, it's been a pleasure. I have to segue no. out for another meeting. Uh, Eric's going to stay on the line with you, and uh, uh, we look forward to continuing this discussion. Well, we're at the last uh, 90 seconds of the show. Oh, so okay. I'm, I'm okay. glad I, I right. was able to steal you for this. So this is a perfect sure. opportunity to say thank you very much for joining thank you. Me today. Thank you, Shai. Um, I appreciate you taking us on and taking the time out to have us on. Thank you very much. And if, we, if there's something we can do to assist your listening audience, uh, don't hesitate to let us know. Thank you very much. Everybody, you've been listening to Mr. Ernest Johnson and Mr. Eric Knight of Strive in Harlem talking about their fatherhood initiative. Thank you so much for listening. You can hit me up online and I can give you more information about their program. Always remember that we should pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, Shai.